0: 1 John chapter 5. I love this book. This book gave me assurance of my salvation. If you have any problems <clears throat> in that area, I encourage you to read this book. And uh, it should take care of those problems. That's one of the main reasons for, for the reason it was written. 1 John chapter 5, verse 1. Whosoever believeth that Jesus is the Christ is born of God, and everyone that loveth him that begat loveth him also that is begotten of him. By this we know that we love the children of God when we love God, and keep his commandments. For this is the love of God, that we keep his commandments, and his commandments are not grievous. For whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world, and this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. Who is he that overcometh the world, but he that believeth that Jesus is the Son of God? This is he that came by water and blood, even Jesus Christ, not by water only, but by water and blood. And it is the Spirit that beareth witness, because the Spirit is truth. For there are three that bear record in heaven, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Ghost. And these three are one. And there are three that bear witness in earth, the Spirit, and the water, and the blood, and these three agree in one. Now, I just want to say a word or two about verse 7 and 8 because it's really not a part of the message. Uh, Of course, we have the Trinity. You know, there's discussion about whether verse 7 should be in the Bible or not. I believe most certainly it should be. The Trinity is not only taught here, but it is taught in other scriptures as well. We have the Father, the Word, of course, John 1, 1. The Word is Jesus and the Holy Ghost. That bear uh, witness in heaven, they bear record in heaven. And then verse 8, there's three that bear witness in earth. And I believe it's the same three. The Spirit, the water, and I think uh, we don't have time to go into it, but I believe it represents the Word of God, again, speaking of Jesus. And the blood, and the Bible talks about the blood of God. I believe you have the Trinity Uh, demonstrated here, illustrated in verse 8. These three agree in one. Uh, Verse 9, If we receive the witness of men, the witness of God is greater. For this is the witness of God, which he hath testified of his Son. He that believeth on the Son of God hath the witness in himself. He that believeth not God hath made him a liar, because he believeth not the record that God gave of his Son. And this is the record that God hath given to us eternal life, and this life is in his Son. He that hath the Son hath life, and he that hath not the Son of God hath not life. These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life, and that you may believe on the name of the Son of God. And this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he heareth us. And if we know that He hear us, whatsoever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we desired of Him. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, as I bow in Your presence, I do want to thank You for another opportunity to stand before the people of God and preach Your holy word. Lord, I realize that I am helpless within myself, but I yield myself to You. And I pray the blessed Spirit of God would enable me to be a help, to be a blessing, to be an encouragement to Your people. I pray, Lord, for wisdom and understanding, and I ask, the Lord, that you give get the glory out of this service. Do that we cannot do for ourselves, in Christ's name, amen. Well, I want to speak to you on uh, the word, whosoever, whosoever. Uh, we have the beginning of this chapter uh, with that word. It's used 182 times in the Bible. And of course the most famous whosoever is John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Whosoever is made up of three words, who, so, and ever. It indicates that there must be a response on man's part, uh, that man must respond to what God has offered. Uh, there's about five areas I'd like to deal with today. And, of course, the first area is the most important, and that's the whosoever of salvation. Here in verse 1, Whosoever believeth that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. Everyone that loveth him that begat loveth him also that is begotten of him. And so, am I saved? What do you believe? Not what you do. But what do you believe? That's the determining factor. Uh, What you do comes after you believe. And we'll deal with that in a moment. But uh, uh, if you believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Bible says you're born of God. That is uh, fundamental of the faith. Uh, We're a Baptist church, but uh, we identify uh, ourselves, you know, in, in a little closer way. And the fact that we're a fundamental Baptist church. Uh, And all Baptists, in fact, all Christians of any denomination ought to be that. uh, Which basically means that we believe there are certain things that are fundamental to one's faith. And this is one of them. That Jesus is who he claimed to be. That Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God. We do not believe that you can be saved and deny that. Now there are things we may disagree on and differ on and still be Christians. But this is one thing that you can't disagree on and still be a believer. Then uh, we say that's a fundamental of the faith: the virgin birth of Christ, the bodily resurrection of Christ, and those basic fundamentals of one's faith. Or else, there really is no faith. Now, in John three verse fifteen, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish, but have eternal life. And of course, we gave you verse sixteen, Acts ten forty three. To him give all the prophets witness that through his name, whosoever believeth in him shall receive remission of sins. So believing in him is necessary to get your sins forgiven. Uh, you know, repentance is a necessary ingredient to one's faith. Uh, in fact, until a person's repented, they can't believe. Because why believe? If, you know, if, if there's no reason to believe. Uh, If we have no sin problem, then why do we need a Savior? Uh, But we do have a sin problem. We do need our sins forgiven, and therefore we need a Savior. And that's who Jesus is, and that's why He came, uh, is that we might receive remission of sins. And Romans 10, 13, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Uh, Sunday school teacher, Asking their students to define whosoever. And uh, one little boy says, that's you, me, and anybody else. Well, that's a simple definition, but I guess that's, I don't know where you can improve on that or not. You, me, or anybody else. And I believe you can find your name in whosoever. For whosoever, you can put your name there, shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Isn't that wonderful? Uh, you know, if the Lord asked us to do anything else, we probably couldn't have done it. And I always remember a preacher friend of mine who's now with the Lord, and, and uh, you know, uh, uh, he said when God saved him, he was glad that, uh, that uh, it didn't cost anything because he said, I had one dollar to my name. He said, if it had been for sale, I could only have gotten a dollar's worth. And uh, that wouldn't have been much, would it? But uh, uh, anyway, you know, uh, when, when I was growing up, a dollar, you know, you get quite a bit for a dollar. you get three gallons of gasoline. Some of you remember when you can get four or more. And uh, you can't get any for a dollar. You know, you can't get a gallon for a dollar now. But uh, salvation is, is to whosoever. Whosoever can be saved if they will be saved. Not only that, But there's the whosoever of sanctification in verse 2 through 5. By this we know that we love the children of God when we love God and keep His commandments. For this is the love of God that we keep His commandments and His commandments are not grievous. For whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world. And this is the victory that overcometh the world. What? Even our faith. Who is he that overcometh the world? But he that believeth that Jesus is the Son of God. How does one become an overcomer? By faith. By believing. Right. By taking advantage of the first whosoever. The first whosoever of salvation. Then the whosoever is sanctification. Sanctification means to set apart. And there is a, a permanent sanctification that takes place when God saves you. But then there is a progressive sanctification that should be taking place in the life of every believer uh, and every every child of God. I believe that when God saves a person, He changes changes them from the inside out. Not the other way around. He changes the heart. He puts faith in there. He makes us a believer. And, And as a result, your life changes. How can I know I'm saved? Because I have a new life. Person says I'm saved, and they you know, they go back to the same old sin holes and, and their life is is the same as it was before they made a profession, there ought to be a big question mark whether they're really a born again believer or not. When God saves us, He sanctifies us. In John twelve forty six, I am come a light into the world that whosoever believeth on me should not abide in darkness. Uh, You know, uh, when a person comes to the light, the darkness is dispelled. And the Lord, the Lord came to set us free from the bondage of sin. Aren't you glad you're not enslaved to sin today? You know, I could be a drug addict. I could be a drunk. But for the grace of God, that'd be me. And it's nothing I did. It's the change that God wrought in my heart. You know i when when I was born i was I was bent toward destruction and bent toward rebellion, and so were you. you know you remember when you were a child I can remember I was a rebel at heart and uh, but for the grace of God I'd still be you know that's the that's the thing that makes the difference and you know you you try to train your children, you try to teach them right you try to to uh, lead them in the way that you want them to go. But I want to say, unless God does a work of grace in their hearts, I don't care what you do, they'll go wrong. God has to do a work. And ultimately, you try to keep them in church and train them in the way they should go to bring them to that place that God will do a work of grace and salvation. Now, in John 8, 34, Whosoever commits sin is a servant of sin. Uh, and verse 36, though said, If the Son therefore shall make you free, ye shall be free indeed. Isn't it wonderful to be free? Uh, you know, Martin Luther King, that was kind of, you know, uh, the thing he promoted, free, you know. Uh, that freedom that they sought for. Well, uh, if the Son makes you free, you will be free indeed. Verse 18, if we know that whosoever is born of God sinneth not. But he that is begotten of God keepeth himself, and that wicked one touches him not. The change that's brought in the life, I believe the inner man is, 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 is made pure, and when God, the, 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 the man that is born again, whosoever is born of God, who is that? That's the one God puts in there. That's not the old flesh. Your flesh is, is still carnal. Your flesh is still sinful, just like mine is. And it has to be kept under control. But that, that inner man, that inner man has been made pure and holy. And I believe uh, does not sin after God saves the inner man. Uh, you know, I used to have a problem with that. If you read First John chapter 1, he telling us that we do sin. And if we say we don't sin, we're lying. And not only are we lying, but we're trying to make God out to be a liar. Because he says we do. And then he comes on over in chapter 3, and here in this verse, and says we don't sin, 1 John 3, 9, Whosoever is born of God doth not commit sin, for a seed remains in him, and he cannot sin, because he is born of God. And I thought, well, one it says you do, and then it says you don't, and, and uh, uh, which is right? Well, both is right, because... Jesus told Nicodemus, except a man be born again. When I, you know, when I was born physically into this world, I had a physical birth. I was born of my parents. But when I was 10 years old, I got born of God. Whosoever is born of God does not commit sin. Whosoever is born of woman does. But whosoever is born of God doesn't. Now when I get this old flesh born of God, it won't sin anymore. But it ain't born of God yet, is it? If it was, it wouldn't be getting old and sick and have these problems, which uh, the wages of sin's death. The body dies because it's still sinful. But the soul and spirit goes to be with Jesus because the sin's been cleansed and there's no sin left. Now, uh, anyway, he sets us free. Now, in, in Romans Uh, chapter 6 and verse 1 and 2. What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. How shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? Well, the Apostle Paul preached the same thing and he had some problems with it. People had problems. He was a grace preacher. He believed that God saved a man forever. And uh, he says... Where sin abounded, grace did much more abound. In verse twenty of chapter five, so their reasoning was, "Well, this sin, all you want to, because the grace of God will take care of it." He said, "We're dead to sin." He said, "No, we don't. We don't do, live the same old life because God's put a new man inside." And I'm convinced the only one's going to live right save people. And a person hadn't saved. I, I had a conversation with a preacher one time. And he said, if you preach what you preach, people live anyway. I said, they won't if they're saved. And I said, if they're not saved, they're not going to live right no matter what you preach. And I still believe that. I'm convinced of it more now than I was then. That, you know, not make a difference what I preach. If you're not saved, you're not going to live right. And uh, uh, so sanctification... John 17, 17, Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. And it's the word of God that God uses to produce this progressive sanctification. So there's a whosoever of salvation. There's a whosoever of sanctification. And then there's a whosoever of security. And we have that in verse 9 through 13. Let's look at it again. If we receive the witness of men, the witness of God is greater. For this is the witness of God which ye have testified of his son. You know, if I tell you something, you believe it. If you can believe me, where, and I'm fallible and fleshly and subject to wrong. If you can believe a person, you surely can believe God. <laughs> the witness of God's greater. He that believeth on the Son of God hath the witness in himself. to about the Holy Spirit. He that believeth not God hath made him a liar because he believeth not the record that God gave of his Son. And this is the record that God hath given to us eternal life, and this life is in his Son. Now God said it, you know, he said, if you don't believe the record, what does he say there? He that believeth not God hath made him a liar, because he believeth not the record that God gave of his Son. A person that don't believe the record God gave, and he says that record is that God hath given to us eternal life. And a person that doesn't believe that saying, God, you are a liar. Now, am I interpreting that right? Look at it yourself. Huh. If you don't believe the record that God gave, and the record is that God hath given to us eternal life. And, of course, he summarizes in verse 12, He that hath the Son hath life. And he that hath not the Son of God hath not life. Now that's very simple, isn't it? If you have Jesus, you have life. And if you don't have Jesus, you don't have life. And he said, These things I wrote to you, these things I have written unto you, that believe on the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life, and that you may believe on the name of the Son of God. I've talked to numbers of people, and they say you can't know till you get there. Well, what kind of assurance is that? What kind of hope is that? that is, that's thats no hope. I'm going to take a chance. Well, I hope I make it. I'll not know till I die. I'll tell you, I want to know before I die because I know one thing for sure. After I die, I can't do nothing about it. I want to know now, and you can know. If you can believe the Bible, if you can't believe the Bible, we might as well go home now and forget it. If you can believe the Bible, the Bible says you can know. You can be sure. And he said, I wrote these things so you couldn't know. God put it in writing. And you know, that's more trustworthy. We have a more sure word of prophecy. I believe that's in the epistle of Peter there. We have a more sure word of prophecy. And Peter is talking about that day when he was on the Mount of Transfiguration. And the Lord spoke from heaven. And Moses and Elijah came down. And Peter says, you've got something that's more sure than that. If we had an experience like that and God himself spoke from heaven and says, you're my child. (laughs) The written word of God is more sure than that. that. Because you might have an experience like that and and think it was the Lord and it not be the Lord. (laughs) Might be the devil, you know, uh, uh, counterfeiting himself. So we have a more sure word of prophecy. We have this whosoever. All uh, security, and uh, in John five thirty nine, search the scriptures. For in them you think you have eternal life, and there they which testify me. You know whether I am saved or not. Search the scriptures. In them you think you have eternal life. That's where you find it. John five twenty four. I love this verse. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that heareth my word and believeth on him that sent me hath everlasting life. That means life that's everlasting. (laughs) Hath. Now, you know, you don't have to know a whole lot of English, but is that present, past, or future tense? Hath, or has, he that heareth my word, believeth on him that see me, hath everlasting life. Is that past? Or is that present? Or is that future tense? Which is it? It's present, isn't it? Didn't say, will have everlasting life. That'd be future, right? Didn't say, used to have (laughs) everlasting life. That'd be past, wouldn't it? But hath everlasting life. (laughs) And uh, that's present tense. Now everlasting's a long time. That'd be long enough. <laughs> now, if that's present tense, he that heareth my word and believeth on him that sent me, that is, you've taken advantage of the whosoever's salvation, hath everlasting life, that means you have it right this minute. Right? It's not something I'm going to get, it's something I've got. Isn't that right? I've got that in the inner man. And of course it guarantees the, the, the resurrection, glorification of the body. but I have that now. I have life for how long? Everlasting! I have everlasting life. Amen. And I have it now. Well, what if 10 years down the road I don't have it? Was it everlasting or not? I mean, if I've got it today and 10 years it's gone, was it everlasting? think so you say well that's the present what about the future he addresses that also and shall not now that's future tense and shall not come into condemnation but is passed from death unto life God makes it very clear just in case someone will misunderstand it and say well yeah you've got everlasting life right now but you may not have it tomorrow he said, I've taken care of the future too. Shall not come into condemnation, but it's passing death and life. He said, there's no possibility in the future of you losing it. It's everlasting. Now, it's either everlasting or neverlasting. everlasting. It can't be both. Shall not come into condemnation, but it's passed from death and life. Now, you know, there's, there's hundreds of verses that deal with it. John 10, 28, I give unto them eternal life, and they shall never perish. Future, they shall never perish. Neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. My Father which gave them is greater than all. No man is able to pluck them out of my Father's hand. I and my Father one. And and there's verse after verse that deals with our security. But uh, you're familiar with those. Uh, So we have the whosoever, whosoever believeth, whosoever takes advantage of salvation, Whosoever that God changes, not whosoever changes himself. Whosoever is changed by believing and by trusting is the whosoever that has security. And then, uh, not only that, but there's the whosoever of supplication. Verse 14 and 15. I love these verses. And this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he heareth us, And if we know that he hear us whatsoever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we desired of him. How can I know I'm saved? Because I can get my prayers answered. Now, unsaved people don't have that privilege. John says we know that God heareth not sinners. Uh, But here he says if we ask uh, according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, Whatsoever we ask, we know how the petitions we desired of him. Uh, you know, every prayer that is prayed in the will of God gets a positive answer. You say, does God answer every one of your prayers? No. You know why not? Not his fault, it's mine. I may be praying out of the will of God. I may be praying selfishly. Uh, you know, I may, I may have a lack of faith and those other things enter in. But one of the main things is praying prayer is we must pray according to His will. The privilege of supplication. Ephesians 6.18, praying always with all prayer and supplication of the Spirit and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. In Hebrews 4.16, let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Thomason's talking about in Sunday School that, you know, when he needed to approach the Lord, he didn't have to go through me. That's right. <laughs> he don't have to go through anyone else. I don't have to go through you. You don't have to go through me. We're to pray for one another. But we don't, uh, we don't enter. We're not a mediator in, in the sense that, that we have to go through some man. We can go directly. There's one mediator between God and man, the man Christ Jesus. There's one mediator. And uh, the idea that uh, some saint or Mary or whoever could, uh, you know, you can pray through them is, is foreign from the Word of God. Uh, you know that, uh, uh, that uh, uh, some, you know, you know how these people become saints? They, uh, you know, they're so good. That they have an excess of righteousness to get them in. I mean, when they get in, they've got more than enough. They've got some left over. And you can get some of that that's left over put, you know, put on your calf In case you don't have quite enough. You say, how do people believe that? Well, that's a good question. They're deceived. You know, we... Uh, We don't believe in works for salvation. We believe in grace. We stand in the presence of Jesus one day. We won't stand there and say, "Uh, you know, if if working and praying, uh, you know, it's got me here. I'm here because of what I did. We'll have to bow at his feet and say, because of what you did, I'm here. And therefore, I give you all the glory and all the praise. I don't know how people believe in works and wor- ever, ever truly worship in spirit and truth. Uh, you know, I don't think, I, I don't understand how you could have a heart of worship unless you believe that Jesus did it all. That's right. Nothing in my hands I bring. Simply to the cross I cling, O Lamb of God I come. That's how you have to come. And if uh, that's the only way we can come, in fact. Uh, but we have this wonderful privilege of, of, of supplication. Whosoever, that you, me, or anyone else, if you're a child of God, you can talk to the Lord, you can get your prayers answers. If you have something you need, ask for it. And the Lord is gracious and wants you to have it. Isn't that wonderful? I believe that. Then finally, let me close with the whosoever of service. And I want to turn to Mark for this in Mark chapter 8. Mark 8 in verse 34. And when he had called the people unto him with his disciples also, he said unto them, Whosoever will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whosoever will save his life shall lose it, but whosoever shall lose his life for my sake and the gospel's the same shall save it. What shall it profit a man if he should gain the whole world and lose his own soul? What shall a man give in exchange for his soul? Whosoever therefore should be ashamed of me and of my words in this adulterous and sinful generation of him also shall the Son of Man be ashamed when he cometh in the glory of his Father with the holy angels. He told about service here. He told about a cross. You're not talking about being saved. You don't know about a cross to be saved, Jesus bore the cross. But there's a cross for you, and there's a cross for me. To serve God. Why should it profit a man if he gained the whole world and lose his own soul? What are you living for? Are you living for this world and what it can give you? Are you living for the world to come? Why should it profit a man if he if he gained the whole world? and lost his own soul what good would it be you'd you'd have to give it up this week we saw some magnificent homes it was unreal and you saw in the news what the storm what God can wind up a little storm out in the Atlantic Ocean and in a few moments the works of men's hands are gone shattered uh What shall it profit a man if he gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Spend your life for Christ. That's what counts. When it comes time to die, that's the only thing that will count. There's one thing that really counts, and that's my relationship with Jesus Christ. And what do I have to show? I'm facing eternity. I'm going to another world. And how have I. how will that be affected by my life here? I want to tell you salvation's free and salvation's a gift of God. But rewards and service is a different thing altogether. And that's what I'm talking about, this matter of serving God and spending one's life for Jesus Christ. That's really what counts. Matthew 10, 42 Whosoever shall give to drink unto one of these little ones a cup of cold water. Only in the name of a disciple, verily I say unto you, he shall in no wise lose his reward. Even the little simple things matter to God. The little things. You know, uh, Brother Griffin talking about faithfulness in Sunday school, the opening of Sunday school. And uh, sometimes how careless we are with the things of God. The things that's really going to count when it's all said and done. And how we, uh, our faithfulness is, uh, you know, people, uh, they they miss church without even thinking about it. And uh, yet one of these days, that's what's going to really matter. Witnessing for Christ, attending church faithfully, reading your Bible and praying and Helping those in need when someone has a need and you're able to help them, you help them. Whether it be with money or with physical effort. Most of us are so wrapped up in ourselves and our little thing that a lot of times we're not willing to make any kind of sacrifice to help someone in need, someone that's sick. Maybe a widow that can't help themselves, has a job that's too much for them. And uh, we get so wrapped up in in our little world until we lose sight of eternity and what's going to really matter and what's going to really count when it's all said and done. Let's bow our heads, please.